Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, on the phone. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives perform in the top 10%. And we're so excited to have a uh, top leader himself in leadership development, Coach Jim Kuzes, author of the Leadership Challenge along with uh, many other books. So we're going to bring on Jim in, in a couple minutes and have him tell us a little bit more about what he's up to now. And then we're going to zero in on the Leadership Challenge. The leadership Challenge, uh, with his co-author, Barry Posner, is an award-winning and best-selling book. At this point, it's uh, sold 1.5 million copies. He's also the dean of ex- uh, dean's executive professor of leadership at Levy School of Business, and that's at Santa Clara University. We're now in the fourth edition of the Leadership Challenge, and that was released in August 2007, and it's available in 15 languages. The Leadership Challenge was the number three on Amazon's editor's pick for the best business books of 2007. Some of the other books, The Leadership Legacy, which was uh, done in 2006, was selected by Soundview Executive Book Summaries as one of the top 30 books of the year. Jim and, and Barry's work is based on solid research involving over 70,000 surveys, 1,000 uh, written case studies, and 100 in-depth interviews. Their books describe the leadership practices that generate high performance in individuals and organizations. And what we appreciate uh, so much about what <clears throat> Jim and, and Barry Posner's work is that it's so research-based. Jim is not only a highly regarded leadership scholar, the Wall Street Journal has cited him as one of the 12 best executive educators in the U.S. And as you know, Kathy and I, we always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders like Jim Cousins, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And let me welcome my co-host, Kathy, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, to the call. Hello, everyone. And we are, in fact, very, very excited today to have a wonderful author uh, like Jim Kuzis on the phone with us. So uh, thanks for being with us, Jim. We know, as you do, that leaders are really the heartbeat of any organization. And as we all know, most leaders tend to really underestimate just how much influence they have over others. And as a result, they and their teams can underperform at times. But, you know, just doing a few things differently can really improve your performance and your organization. And as you know, Raleigh and I love to bring you all the fact-based information that we can to help you learn about how to develop more leaders in your organization. And we're going to talk about that today with Jim, and we're going to find out some more in-depth research on the subject, we also like to talk about what happy companies know and about performance related to happiness, emotional intelligence, and positive psychology strategies. We also, every once in a while, you know, talk about brain and neuroscience, gender and generation differences, and especially work-life balance. We're always interested in bringing you the best practices on strategies for managing both yourself and your boss and giving you lots of tips and tools on how to do that. And today, we'll go into depth on that subject, won't we, Riley? Yes. Well, thank you, Kathy. And I wanted to also 
Hey, before we bring Jim on, we also like to give a little bit of the evidence-based um, information just about leadership development and coaching. And so why do we talk about leaders so much? Well, we know that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team and that emotions are contagious. And the leaders, we like to say, they are the emotional thermostat for their team. If they are uh, clear, calm, and collected, so is their team. If they're agitated, terse, and stressed out, typically their team is. And we also know the key to being a star performer, which we define as someone being a top 10%, is emotional intelligence. As a leader moves up the corporate ladder, more and more of their strengths come from emotional intelligence uh, at, rather than IQ or technical expertise. And if you can get you or some of your people into the top 10%, we know that someone in the top 10% produces twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th to the 89th percentile. So that's why we're trying to focus so much on giving you some tips to get your people into the top 10%. Both Kathy and I are, are certified coaches, and we know when you add uh, coaching to training, it really can help productivity. Training itself typically can get about a 22% increase in productivity, but if you add ongoing coaching to that, it can bump it up to about 88%. And we also know that uh, creating coaching networks within your company, you can typically get that going in one day. And some of the uh, studies show that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%. So, uh, Jim, welcome to the call. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much, Kathy. And what I'm going to do is give uh, uh, Jim a little bit more of a introduction here, just some of the other things that he's done, and then we'll uh, zero in on some of the uh, questions we have for him. So aside from the leadership challenge, um, which is now is in uh, 15 languages I mentioned, including Chinese, uh, it was also the winner of the 1995-1996 Critics' Choice Award and the 1989 James Hamilton Hospital Administrator's Book Award. Another recent book of theirs, The Leadership Legacy, was selected by Soundview Executive Book Summaries. We mentioned that as one of the top 30 books of the year. And uh, the Globe and Mail, which is in Canada, is one of the top ten books in 2006. Jim and Barry have co-authored over a dozen other books, including Credibility, How Leaders Gain and Lose It, Why People Demand It, Encouraging the Heart, the Leadership Challenge Workbook, the Encouraging the Heart Workbook. And like I mentioned, what we like about this is all this is based on over 70,000 surveys. Jim and Barry developed a widely used and highly acclaimed leadership practices inventory, the LPI, which actually is one of the first 360 uh, questionnaires that I used in my practice probably in the uh, early 90s. The LPI has been administered to over 500,000 leaders and over 3 million observers worldwide and provided feedback using, uh, using the LPI. It's a top-selling off-the-shelf leadership assessment. It is the top-selling off-the-shelf leadership assessment instrument in the world, and over 350 doctoral dissertations and academic research have been based on their work. So, Jim, that's quite impressive just with all the research, and I know when I've heard you speak at the uh, Emotional Intelligence Conference and elsewhere, that has always been uh, very exciting. Thank you, really. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, why don't you first tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became so interested in leadership development, and then Kathy and I will rotate off and on on some of the questions that we have for you. Well, absolutely. Uh, I 
currently spend about half my time really writing and about half my time speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm out there talking with corporations, not-for-profits, educational organizations, universities, secondary schools, and, and developing, uh, I hope, better and uh, a higher quality of leadership, that top 10% that you and Kathy were talking about. And then I spend time doing research with my co-author and colleague of 25 years, or over 25 years now, Barry Posner. Uh, and uh, we write and uh, continue to do our research on uh, how, what it takes for leaders to get extraordinary things done in organizations. I'm also uh, the Dean's Executive Professor of Leadership at Santa Clara, as you mentioned, and so I spend some of my time in uh, speaking to students as well as executives. And uh, Barry and I first met, in fact, when I was the Director of the Executive Development at Santa Clara University in the uh, 1980s. I've also served as an executive myself uh, and both in education and in social services and then in a uh, consulting firm for about a dozen years. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're um, telling us a little bit about yourself and how you met Barry, can you talk to us a little bit about who were some of your greatest leadership influences? Well, I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I had the the privilege of spending at least one day a week in downtown Washington as a young young boy growing up, and uh, my father was the uh, was the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Labor when he retired, the United States Department of Labor, and he had spent 35 years in civil service. And I would say my first leadership influence was my father. Uh, he was a role model for me on how executives should behave, someone who started out as a file clerk and worked his way up to Deputy Assistant Secretary of Labor, quite an impressive track record, and uh, got all his education at night, including his his doctorate. Wow. And so it was just a real role model for me in in how you can uh, develop these skills and abilities to lead others, and he was greatly admired in the role that he did by his colleagues. And it was my father who introduced me to... Uh, leadership and management, not necessarily intentionally, but he had a had an, a, a bookshelf full of books from his his own studies, and one of them was the Practice of Management by Peter Drucker, mm-hmm. which Peter Drucker wrote in 1954, and I believe that was the first book I ever read on management. Warren Bennis uh, has been a mentor and gracious colleague. Uh, Warren Bennis is probably the most well known and well respected leadership author and scholar in the country. Uh, now in his 80s at uh, both Harvard and Southern uh, University of Southern California, and he was in fact the editor of the series of our uh, uh, that at Josie Bass when we got our, our first book accepted. And John Gardner, founder of Common Cause and former Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare, and another leadership scholar at when he when he retired at Stanford University. And then I would have to say, Riley and Kathy, that the men and women we interviewed for our books mm-hmm. probably have been the most influential people. They are the ones who told us the stories, provided us with the cases, helped us understand what they did in order to do their personal best in enabling us collectively to uncover those fundamentals that enable leaders to mobilize others to get extraordinary things done. You know, um 
this is great just hearing your background. One of the things I was always wondering, Jim, about your involvement with the Tom Peters group, and I know at one time you you were the uh, the head of that that group. Is that right? Maybe you can yes, tell us a little bit about that. I was the CEO and chairman of the, of the company before I uh, left. And then, and so, how did you get involved with with Tom Peters and and that group? Well, it actually was. My, my life has been full of wonderful, wonderful serendipitous opportunities. Uh, I uh, was at Santa Clara working with Barry, and uh, as the director of the Executive Development Center, had the great opportunity to bring to the campus a number of well-known authors. One of which was Tom Peters, prior to the publication of In Search of Excellence. And, well, you know, uh, we met that way. Jim, why don't you hang on to that thought, and we will be right back after this brief. Uh, uh, message uh, from our sponsors and when we come back we'll continue the conversation so stay tuned to Leadership Development News. The bottom line in business Voice America Business Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, Books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, Greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business.
You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Jim Kuzis here. And before the break, Jim, you were just telling us about your uh, affiliation, bringing in Tom Peters as a speaker, and then I, and eventually how that led to you being the CEO of Tom uh, Peters Consulting Group. Uh, it's one of those wonderful stories about meeting someone and years later finding yourself uh, working with them. Uh, Tom Tom was, had just finished uh, the manuscript for had just finished the I guess the final manuscript for In Search of Excellence mm. with Bob Waterman. And uh, I had heard about it through my connections at McKinsey and Company, and he was at McKinsey in San Francisco, and asked him to come speak on this new book. None of us knew at that time that it would be the phenomenon it was, and uh, he came and spoke, and we booked him again, fortunately, at a a cheaper price at that time. He came back and spoke another time, and uh, the two of us remained good colleagues and friends, and about eight or nine years later, he asked me if I'd come and, and... uh, join his firm as the president of the company at that time. So I, I thought, what a great opportunity, and uh, I, I accepted and left the university and, and uh, spent about a dozen years there before essentially saying I'm, I'm going to transition into the current role I'm in. Jim, in your uh, student workbook, Student Leadership Practices Inventory, you say, people who become leaders don't always seek the challenges they face challenges also seek leaders mm. and uh, it seems that um, your leadership challenge is now on its fourth edition what are what are some of the consistent findings that you found about the key characteristics of a leader there Kathy one of the things that we found and we've been doing this now for 25 years and, and surprisingly there are a number of of qualities that people consistently look for and a number of practices that consistently get extraordinary things done. Uh, we just finished an analysis of a, of a large uh, data set, and we see today even a stronger correlation between the practices we uncovered 25 years ago and what leaders are doing today. So those five practices are what we call model the way, inspire a shared vision, challenge the process, enable others to act, and encourage the heart. And those, those fundamental practices, which I know we'll talk a little bit m- more about, uh, are the ones that, that remain consistent over time and also consistent across cultures. We've just completed an analysis of data that uh, comes from over 73 countries, leaders from over 73 countries. And we find patterns that are quite similar. While the highs and lows may be somewhat different, the patterns are very similar. And there's one other thing, which is that uh, the fundamental of leadership, the the foundation on which leadership is built uh, across the globe uh, over the last 25 years at least, and probably longer, has been personal credibility. So I know, Jim, when I heard you speak in uh, Chicago, what I thought was fascinating and I saw in your, in your new edition of the, of the Leadership Challenge, those top four characteristics mm-hmm. of leaders, 
um, which I know you were surprised, and, and I was also surprised hearing that you said really hasn't hasn't changed over twenty twenty five years, and so maybe you can speak to that what what those are. Yeah, that's right. It, it is surprising to us, and yet uh, not so much when when we really reflect on it. I think the the, the foundation of leadership probably has been there for for as long as there have been leaders, or at least in the more recent history. The first of those uh, four qualities that people look for and admire in a leader is honesty. Uh, in, in North America, it's 80, 88%, 89%. In other parts of the world, it's in the, in the low 80s. Uh, and so honesty shows up as the most important leader characteristic, honesty and trustworthiness. Competence is also on the list, or expertise, being uh, capable, uh, inspiring and dynamic, and being forward-looking. Being forward-looking is the quality that differentiates leaders from other credible people. The first three, honest, competent, inspiring, will show up on, on the qualities that people look for in a, in a good salesperson or a, or a good mm-hmm. physician or, or a good clinician, but they don't necessarily show up as something people look for in a leader. The one that most dramatically differentiates leaders from other credible people is being forward-looking. Jim, we had um, a lovely conversation with um, with Reuven Baron mm-hmm. um, back uh, at the beginning of this year, and he talked about a study that he did as well. And as you know, one of my sweet spots in the world of leadership is happiness, mm-hmm. the science of happiness. Now, he was able to find a correlation between performers who were top leaders who were also very optimistic and had a high degree of positivity. As you look at your leadership character traits, do you see any consistent patterns in the leaders that you're working with? I, I, I think the, uh, Ruben's finding is very consistent with what we were just talking about, that, that being inspiring, upbeat, energetic, optimistic, positive about the future is that quality which makes people most attracted to a leader as compared to other types of people. You know, uh, people, we all want to hang out with that dynamic, upbeat, positive individual. But when you add to that having a clear vision of the future, something that will uh, that's attractive to us, uh, a, a destination we all want to head toward, and an ability to articulate that in a way that other people say, I want to get on board with that, is the differentiating characteristic. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. So the, so the optimism, Kathy, I think that we're talking about, then that sounds like, Jim, you're saying from inspiring and forward-looking, that would really, I mean, someone who is those is optimistic, and that's that yes. emotion that's contagious for others. Yes. Despite the adversities we may be facing, says we can do it. We can make it to that future we all dream about. You know, speaking of adversity, we're in a obviously a, a tough uh, market, and we're in an election year. Have you found uh, any particular character traits that make a leader uh, more credible uh, than others? Well, the four we just talked about are interestingly enough correlated, with the exception of forward-looking, one to one with the with the most important qualities of what people expect in a credible person, and that that was one of the biggest ahas for us. When we think about somebody who's believable, somebody who uh, we would trust, uh, we would entrust our careers to, our livelihoods to, uh, the, the, our security to, we want somebody in whom we can believe, and those 
qualities are first and foremost uh, honesty and trustworthiness, competence, expertise, and being dynamic and inspiring. And this is research that's been done in psychology for many, many years now, longer than our own research. And so when we first notice that the things that people look for in a leader are strongly correlated with the things that people look for in a credible source of information, that was the big aha for us, that credibility is the foundation of leadership. So when we look at the current election uh, and you listen to the ads or you, you listen to the debates in the presidential election as an example, but this applies in every leadership situation, but in a hotly contested race like this one, you will notice that what people are attempting to do is to establish their own credibility with the, with, with the constituents and also to tell you why the other person isn't so credible. And and it sounds like one of the things that happens is you know in inducing uh, some fear about you know can I can I trust this person and I think you know both candidates at this point you know have been uh, accused of being more negative as it mm. getting down there. Um, it, 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 the, the net effect, is, as we all know, Riley and Kathy, is that we all end up being more cynical about the, both candidates as a, as a net result of this. Right. They, they, they're not helping the institution by being negative, but that's the way uh, the, these campaigns tend to go, uh, particularly in hotly contested races where uh, you, know, you want to make sure that uh, you win more votes. So it just tends to go that way, yeah. unfortunately. Well, one of the character traits, obviously, that we all believe in is uh, encouraging the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what some of the best ways you have seen leaders encourage the hearts of others? Encouraging the heart is really about two things. It's about, uh, first of all, recognizing individuals for their contributions to the values and the victories to the successes of the organization. And it's also about celebrating community, that we're all in this together. And encouraging the heart is most effective when we personalize the recognition. And personalizing, you know, there's no such thing as one size fits all. With You know, some people are motivated by tangible things. Other people are motivated by in- intangible things. Uh, some people uh, like to be publicly thanked. Other people would prefer a private conversation with you. So in order to know what is most personally meaningful to individuals, it requires us to pay attention, requires us to listen, uh, listen attentively. It requires us to understand other people and their needs. It, uh, so one of the things that, that we can do in order to be able to personalize that recognition is, uh, and I'm sure we, we all do this, if you come into my office, you'll notice their photographs, their little you know, things that I've been given over the years uh, that all mean something to me. If you just walk around and notice what's in someone's office and have them tell you a little story, it will begin to uh, reveal some things about themselves and what they find personally meaningful. Look at the photographs on their wall. Look at the quotes on their desk. Uh, Sit down and have a conversation with them periodically uh, so that you understand them better. That's probably the first step I'd recommend to people. And then when you're out on the floor, pay attention so that you uh, are noticing what people are doing, kind of effort they're being put, putting forth so that you can say thank you when that time comes. 
Well, that's a beautiful way for us to go to break, and we'll be right back with Jim Kuzis, and we are here together on Leadership Development News, and we hope you'll come right back. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, Books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, Greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Online, we're talking with Jim Kuzis, co-author of the Leadership Challenge, along with uh, a leader's legacy and encouraging heart, and, and many others. And before uh, the break, we were talking about one of the five practices of encouraging heart. And Jim, you were talking about recognizing the individual and celebrate, celebrating communities, and really knowing the individual. Mm-hmm. And uh, any other things to kind of follow up on that, and then we'll we'll move to some of the other practices. 
Well, I think that, that the most important lesson for all of us to understand about encouraging the heart, and, and this really, really relates back to what we were talking about earlier about being positive, is that people at, are more likely to follow leaders who are more positive than negative. In fact, research shows that, uh, and, and you know this well from the emotional intelligence work that you both do, uh, f- they're more likely to be in fully engaged in work when the positive to negative ratio is at least three to one, if not five to one, mm-hmm. at work. So that means that we really have to pay attention to how we're relating to others. Am I communicating at this moment in a manner that is more positive than negative? And you know, we have to keep that kind of ratio in balance. So for those listening, that three-to-one, five-to-one ratio is something to keep in our minds. And am I coming across in my interactions with others more positive than negative most of the time? You know, one of the things uh, along with that, Jim, that I, that I see all the time, I'm sure, Kathy, you do too, leaders are so into problem-solving and fixing the issue mm-hmm. that they zero in typically more on what's wrong. And that's why mm-hmm. I think that ratio of what you're saying, five-to-one, I know it's in relationships and in the business world, three-to-one is so important to keep in mind. Absolutely. When you look at um, some of the blind spots that leaders might have around their ability to stay positive and, and stay engaged with people, and, and Relly and I are always interested in how to keep people on track. You know, in Relly's book, uh, Leader's Playbook, he talks about some of the derailers that leaders um, often um, kind of get attached to behaviorally uh, that they need to correct. Can you talk a little bit about what are some of the leader's biggest blind spots or derailers that, that you have seen over the years? Mm. I think one of the most significant derailers according to our research and, and data that others have gathered, is a lack of self-awareness, uh, our, our inability to understand the impact we are actually having on other people. Going back to the, the three-to-one, five-to-one ratio, am I really aware of, of whether people are perceiving me as positive or negative? Uh, I, I maybe think, really, that when I'm problem-solving, I'm, I'm doing my job, I'm doing the right. right thing, but in fact, other people perceive that as my being negative and never being positive about it. Everything's always wrong. I never do anything right. Uh, so self-awareness is critical. And one of the things we have found, Kathy, in our research is that, that the one behavior that is the least practiced of the behaviors that we measure is asking for feedback about how we're impacting others. Mm. And so we, we know that uh, as leaders, we just are not, asking often enough, how am I doing, whether that's through 360, whether that's through one-on-one, having a coach like the two of you, providing feedback on a regular basis. Uh, whatever we can do to gain more feedback will be extremely helpful. You know, arrogance and aloofness are also significant derailers. Uh, often as leaders, we, we, because of the role we play, we, we think we can't be intimate with people, we can't be engaged with them, we have to remain separate and apart, and that may come off as being uh, arrogant and aloof. Uh, so those are some of the key derailers that, that we found. Uh, and I guess there's one other that, that really is, it goes back to our research on credibility, uh, the, the sense of, of, of not being trustworthy, of being seen as someone who's only interested in their own advancement and will use other people to their own personal advantage rather than looking at being those who are serving others who are doing who are there to develop and and build the capacity of others so they can do their work. 
So that uh, lack of uh, self-awareness getting into all the things that you were just saying, usually Kathy and I both say at the top of the show that most leaders have underestimated their influence on others. And I know when we talk about that, people agree, and it's probably exactly what you're saying, Jim, is that lack of self-awareness and, and how am I impacting others. And mm-hmm. as a consequence, you know, they've underestimated their influence. Yeah, we, we, the most influential leaders in organizations are those who are the immediate manager of an individual. So mm. if I'm a, if I'm a <clears throat> middle manager, the, the most important influence is an influencer in the organization to my direct reports on a day-to-day basis. The most important influence is me, not the CEO, not my boss, not the chairman of the board, but me. All the research data that we collect and anyone who does this work shows very clearly that the strongest correlation between a leader's behavior and outcome is the behavior of the immediate manager and direct report. The farther away you get from that, the less the impact. So everyone who's listening, if you are a leader, you need to understand that you are the most important leader in your organization to those who report to you. Yeah, that um, is is really uh, critical for people to understand. I also think one of the things that we forget is that the further away you are from the center uh, of the leadership circle in your organization, if you're in an office that is a regional office versus a central office, et cetera, and you don't have regular contact uh, with those people at the top of your organization, I believe their credibility is less and less. So it's very important for people to have that confidence and that connectivity. That was yeah. terrific. When, when you um, look at enabling others to act, uh, what are some of the, the star performer character traits of a person who enables others to act? I remember a story uh, that Joyce Clifford, who was then vice president of nursing at Beth Israel Hospital in Boston, told us uh, that about her own work, and the question was, well, you know, how do you do this? How do, how do you, how do you, how are you able to, to to get done what you get done? You've made some fantastic contributions, and the, the nurses in your organization, they all talk so positively about it. How do you do it? And in her very common uh, laugh, she laughed, and then she said, you know, she thought for a moment, she says, I may not be the most knowledgeable person, but I know how to get people to think well about themselves. And I thought, what a great skill to have, to be able to get others to think well about themselves, not well about me, not how great I am, not how smart I am, but think well about themselves. If, if we could all just keep that notion in our heads that my job as a leader is to make other people feel powerful, feel strong, feel efficacious and capable, and, and ask ourselves in every interaction, in this interaction, which may last 30 seconds, may last two minutes, may last two hours, at the end of that interaction, did the person leave my presence feeling more capable than when they entered? That is, if we could all just have that operating principle in our mind, then whether we're talking about a problem, whether we're talking about feedback, whether we're in a meeting, whether we're giving a speech, whether we're sharing information, whatever we're doing, I think that one single operating notion will enable us to enable others to act, make people feel capable, strong, and efficacious, and, and like the master of their own experience. 
Well, that's huge. That's a great metric, and it's a, it's similar to what you know Stephen Covey talks about the emotional bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, but this kind of zeroes in even more because the emotional bank account typically is between people. But you know, are they leaving feeling more more capable about who they are? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Absolutely. Now, are, are there some other uh, around enabling others to act? Because I know in each one of these, you have you know key key actions mm-hmm. um, you know that would lead to that practice. Well, absolutely. I, one of the keys to enabling others to act, and it goes back to the quality we were talking about earlier, that people expect of a leader, which is the whole notion of being trustworthy. Uh, well, we have to build a climate of trust in our organizations, and leaders have to be the first to trust. They do that by disclosing information about who they are and what they believe, about admitting mis- by admitting mistakes, by acknowledging the need for personal improvement, going back to the notion of asking for feedback, both positive and negative, uh, uh, we can enable others to act and build a climate of trust by listening attentively, by inviting interested parties to important meetings, to sharing information with people so that they feel like they're in the know, uh, by opening, openly acknowledging the contributions of others, by showing that we're willing to change our mind. All of these things build trust because they send the overall signal that, the, that this person is being open and being and is influenceable them, uh, themselves, uh, that they are open to influence. Another important key attribute uh, is the whole notion of fostering collaboration. Uh, in organizations, it is not about the leader. It is about the group. And uh, it was just a little tidbit of interesting research we found. We did an analysis of a set of our cases. We found that when leaders were talking about getting extraordinary things done, they used we three times as often as I. Mm. So you just simply saying we instead of I. What's important to us? Focusing on cooperative goals, supporting norms of reciprocity, promoting joint efforts, structuring things so that people have to collaborate in order to get a result supporting face-to-face interaction so that people are actually not in their cubicles but physically together from time to time, particularly around important and challenging issues. And I think the one last element that doesn't get talked about often enough when talking about enabling others is while we have to strengthen others, we also have to foster accountability. We have to make certain that everyone in the organization uh, understands that they have a customer, they have a client, and that. It can be internal or external, but we need to know who we're serving so that we are accountable to someone uh, and that we uh, also have some latitude in our decision-making. We need to feel like, as I said earlier, we're we're kind of in control of our own universe, so we we need to have some sense of being in charge of our own lives. Doing things like that will help to foster personal accountability. That's beautiful advice, and I think being in control of our own universe at the moment means we're going to go to break, (laughs) and we will be right back with Leadership Development News and our wonderful conversation with Jim Kuzis, so don't go away. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. 
seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and H2C to your team, visit her blog at kathygreenberg.com. That's Kathy with a C, greenberg.com. And click on the H2C link. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Jim Kuzis, uh, co-author of the Leadership Challenge, along with many other things. One of the practices, Jim, is inspiring shared vision. And I know your your um, great 360 tool, the Leadership Practice Inventory, I think it may have been in 1995 or so when I first used that. And all the leaders that I gave it to, the inspiring vision was their lowest score. And they were kind of just confused about, you know, what do they do? How do they move forward? So maybe you can zero in on that as far as what can someone do to, to be inspiring, especially around their vision? Well, your, your leaders that you've worked with are, are not unusual. In fact, they're the norm. 
uh, we have found over all the years we've been collecting the data that inspiring shared vision is, in fact, the practice at which we, as leaders, uh, struggle the most. Uh, it, is, it is a challenge for all of us to learn how to become uh, the best we can be in this practice. Uh, inspiring a, a shared vision is about two things. It's about, first of all, envisioning an uplifting and ennobling future. So we have to be able to think ahead, depending upon level, anywhere from five to 25 years out into the future. The, higher, the, the, the more res global responsibility has, the longer the time horizon. We have to be able to do that in such a way that's inclusive and not exclusive, meaning it ha if, we're, if we're, again, talking about a, a large organization or, or just a small department, we have to be able to do that in a way that engages all the people, not just a few of the people. And we have to be able to talk about it with others in such a way that they come on board. So long time horizon, inclusiveness of other people, and then uh, being able to communicate that. Leaders struggle with this, not so much because of the inability to think strategically or long-term, but because what we found most interesting in our data is that it, the struggle is with um, understanding the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of others, not just one's idiosyncratic vision of the future, and then being able to uh, communicate those in such a way through story, metaphor, image, word, picture, that people say, oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see how it relates to me personally. And so the struggle for inspiring a shared vision is less around the strategic part and more around one's ability to communicate effectively. So it's really kind of the delivery mechanism, like mm -hmm. you're saying, stories and, and mm -hmm. um, do they know enough about their people mm -hmm. to connect with that? Mm -hmm. If people want one source that will take them five minutes to understand, and but they might want to go back and, and, and do that five minutes over and over and over again until they get a deep understanding, is find on the Internet uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Mm -hmm. It's about five minutes and 20 seconds in length. You can listen to it and listen to that I Have a Dream speech that was delivered in Lincoln Memorial Steps in Washington, D.C. back in the 60s. Uh, listen to that over and over and over again, and, and you will find in it all of the elements about communicating a dream, a vision of the future in such a way that other people come to see it as something that they can share. There's a, a wonderful book called Words That Shook the World, by Richard Green, mm. and uh, I think uh, if anybody has not heard those words that you just spoke of, Jim, you can hear those in many other of inspiring leaders who, in fact, do just that, and it's a wonderful uh, repository mm. uh, of those wonderful words and memories because there's a DVD in the book. Mm. When you um, think about working with leaders in the future, what challenges uh, do you do you think about now, and as you start to work with students, what, what challenges may be different? Well, the thing that's on most people's minds, Kathy, right now, um, among the leaders I work with, is, is just the worry over the economy. There's no doubt that it's impacting many, many organizations. Uh, and, uh, one example here locally in California, in the Bay Area, uh, Mervyn's department store, and, uh, and kind of an icon and, uh, of an uh, entrepreneurial enterprise in the Bay Area just uh, 
uh, declared bankruptcy and will be going out of business, people losing their jobs. So that's first and foremost on everyone's mind. Uh, young people today are facing a world in which there's not only economic crisis, there's the war in Iraq, rising health care costs, rising unemployment, uh, of course, our concern over uh, alternative sources of energy, global warming, uh, you could, we can all go down the list of our woes. But, and so we're facing a very uncertain world. But the positive side of this is that it is challenge that is the crucible for leadership. When we collected our personal best leadership experiences, one of the things that we found that just stood out is no one ever did their best when keeping things the same. You began uh, earlier in one of your questions talking about how leaders uh, e- either cr- uh, uh, were ones where they, they chose a challenge themselves, they created the challenge, they, they took initiative to start a new enterprise or take on an issue, or they were confronted with one that wasn't of their own making and they rose to the occasion. Challenge is the opportunity for greatness. And we need to remember that, that now is the time where we can show what we're truly capable of. So regardless of the laundry list of issues we might face and the changing issues that uh, evolve over time, uh, let's keep in mind that it's the opportunity for greatness, and this is where leaders truly shine. It is the crucible for the development of leaders. And, Jim, taking that message you were saying, one of the things you're currently working on now and coming out, I guess, in 2009 is taking some of this to, is it college students? College students. We just finished the Student Leadership Challenge, and we will be, uh, we're doing a lot more work with college students, a lot more basic research with them to see what the similarities and differences are, mostly similarities, but some of the challenges are different. But the, the main reason is, going back to our list of challenges, uh, just one example, the Corporate Leadership Council reports that 97% of organizations report there are significant leadership gaps, and 40% of those consider them to be acute. We are facing a leadership drought uh, because of the demographics and so many baby boomers retiring from middle management, uh, well, first-line supervision, uh, but more middle management on up through the executive ranks. People are leaving organizations in droves. They will be over the next few years. There aren't enough new leaders to replace them. And so we are engaged with student leaders now because we know that we are going to need to develop many more leaders to take, take on roles, more significant roles in the future. And so our work with students is, is driven, first of all, by our love for the topic and our work with young people on university campuses, but also because we know that the world out there is facing a drought, uh, a leadership drought, a leadership deficit, and we need to work hard to, to be able to develop the leaders take us into that uh, in that new future. And Jim, to uh, to reach you and your team and to get more information on the wonderful work that you're doing, uh, we can send people to www.leadershipchallenge.com. www.leadershipchallenge.com. And Jim, you said embedded in that website is a a, uh, email address for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jim at kouzis.com. K-O-U-Z-E-S.com. Real simple. We like simple. We also like the fact that you're doing such inspiring work and you continue to inspire our thinking, and obviously you uh, live up to one of your own character traits, which is inspiring a shared vision. Well, thank you very much, Kathy. It's a pleasure, Kathy, really to be with you, and 
I just have to say in the end, remember the secret to success in life, which is to stay in love. Staying in love gives is the most important lesson we can learn about doing extraordinary things. Oh, I, and I love that. Thank, well, thank you so you. much. This has been Leadership Development News, signing off for the day with Jim Cousins of the Leadership Challenge. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business.